Hey friends, you're listening to the Connecting Hearts podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Jesse. We're so glad you stopped by to listen. Sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to connect your heart. hearts. So if you're new to our podcast, here's what you can expect. We laugh, we tell stories, we talk about Jesus, and we have pretend coffee dates with people from the Bible. So that's us, Connecting Women's Hearts, a podcast for women seeking connection in today's upside-down world. So it's been a minute since we met, and today, joining me for the first episode of Season 2 is Jamie Sunsmo, but better known to the non-Walnut Hillers as Jamie Jo Wright. She's an author of mystery suspense novels for Bethany House, and thank you for being here. Thank you. It was fun to be here. Uh, I have to tell you, I Googled you Uh-oh. when I was looking things up. Have you Googled yourself? I don't typically Google myself, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. I, uh, I, was, I, was, I was a bit intimidated. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to have Jamie on. And then I Googled you and I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot of books. <laughs> Maybe I should rethink this. Um, So anyway, before we dive into everything, I like to ask um, guests that we have on if you had to introduce yourself or if you were telling somebody about yourself, how would you do that? What would you say? Um, Well, I'm, I'm always identified and defined by coffee. So there's that, and that's probably thicker than the blood in my veins. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to remind myself to drink water. So I'm a coffee connoisseur. Um, I do get a little bit snobbish when it comes to coffee. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, quick trip coffee. No, uh-huh. that's not coffee. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, quick trip. We um, love you. Yeah. And then I'm also um, the future crazy cat lady that lives next door. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently have four cats, and my goal is to have about eight. 80 by the time I'm 80. Wow. Um, and no, I'm just kidding. But actually, <laughs> I do love cats. I'm, um, I like their independence and their unpredictability, which is probably why I also write mystery novels. But aside from that, I have two kids. I'm married to a guy, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is important to yep. probably yeah. explain. This is a Christian yeah. podcast. Yeah. Rihanna. Yeah. So I'm yeah. married to a guy and he's okay. So he's okay. we're good. <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, that's definitely um, an interesting way too. So what is your preferred way to drink coffee? Like, do you drink it black? Do you have cream? You you know, it kind of depends on the day. The day it's, it's a, it's a ceremony in my house in the morning because you have to match the coffee mug first, not only to what you're wearing, but more importantly to your mood. So once you've determined the coffee mug, then you have to determine the type of coffee. So very often my mornings will start with black coffee with a little bit of heavy whipping cream Mm, just for that creaminess. But I don't like sweet very much. I call those frou-frou drinks. Yes. We might break out the frou-frou drinks at three in the afternoon, Wow. but definitely not in the morning. So typically it's black or just a little bit of cream. That's okay. All right. Well, that's 
I knew there was a reason I liked you because that's the way that I do it too. <laughs> Heavy whipping cream. Yes. Yes. All right. And not from Quick Trip. No. But we love Quick Trip. Quick Trip's great. I'm going to say Quick Trip one more time. Quick Trip. Okay. So before um, we dive into the writing portion of your life, okay. I do kind of want to start out with your childhood. You okay. grew up. Um, adolescence. So you grew up here at the church. I did. So I, you are a lifer, right? I am a lifer. Okay. In fact, Pastor Dan told me now that I guess I'm in the upper echelon of the oldest church members with the longest membership. Oh, wow. Which is scary. Did that make you feel old? It did. That's, that's I've been shopping for right. um, gravestones. Gravestones. But, Supplemental um, yeah. life insurance. Supplemental life insurance, you know, all the wow. things that come with old age. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, I mean... You're a lifer, um, <laughs> and your your dad and your mom are kind of legends around here. A little they've, bit. They've definitely uh, lifers too. They are lifers as well as well. So, at Connecting Hearts, we really like to give the listeners an idea of kind of how um, how your life has connected you to Christ. And I feel like a big part of your story is your parents. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you. How how did they show you God's love growing up? How did they, in what ways did they kind of really get that in to you um, to help you live out your faith after sure. you're out of their house? Sure. Um, I think with my parents, so much of it was faith was an integral day-to-day part of life. There wasn't faith on Sunday and then life on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was a consistency mm-hmm. through their lifestyle and through their testimony. Um, they definitely involved the Lord into the decisions that our family made. And it was very apparent to me as a child that when we made family decisions, it wasn't just hey, we need to make a decision. It was, let's take it to the Lord in prayer. Let's mm-hmm. see what the Lord would have for us. Maybe he's not going to give us clear direction, but let's at least take it before him so that he's a part of the process. Sure. And I think seeing that, it just, faith became as critical to daily life as breathing. Mm-hmm. It, you, you didn't separate the two because they were just so linked. Sure. Um, it wasn't any one specific epiphany. Mm-hmm. It was just a slow growing of faith from childhood on. It was just part of the day. It part was. Of the daily routine. Yeah. Nice. Um, so how did that shape you when you met your husband and you started having a family? Um, well, my husband, I didn't like him. Oh, okay. No, I do now. <laughs> it's changed over time. <laughs> But no, actually, when when I met my husband, we um, had very different upbringings. Um, uh, both of us were raised in Christian homes, mm-hmm. um, but it is interesting, even within the realm of the church family and Christianity, how different upbringings can be with oh, yes. the same Lord and Savior as the center. So yep. we we had very different lifestyles, very different um, upbringings, and I think we stretched each other. Um, once we got to tolerate each other, but it took about five years for that to happen. And then once we started, um, really connecting on a deeper level, Mm -hmm. um, you find that those fundamentals of faith are there and the rest is, is surface. Sure. And, um, so really my faith 
when I married Nate was just really making the Lord a continuation of what he'd always been, which was a part of daily life. Hmm. And, um, that's how it was for Nate. And, um, it's just something that you just live and breathe. And in a, in a way it becomes instinctual where you don't think about it. When you practice faith for a long time, it's, it's what you first run to versus mm-hmm. having to remind yourself to go there. And we've just carried that on with our kids. Um, we've got the two little ones now. Well, actually, they're not little anymore, <laughs> but they feel little. Um, but we've got, you know, Chloe and Cole. And that's what we're trying to do with them is, is make the Lord uh, part of everyday life where it's not um, a once here, a once there but it's just consistency. I keep going back to the word consistency. Yep. Yep. Well, I, that's true. There's, um, I remember with my older kids now who two of them are out of the house already, but having that time set aside for family devotions and then looking back on that a couple of years later and thinking, wow, that was really silly. Like we had, we set aside time for devotions. What about the rest? Uh, mm-hmm. What about the 23 and a half other hours of right, the day. Right. Um, so that consistency and then having them hit the teenage years and realizing, oh yeah, we're going to need more than a family devotion mm-hmm. once a day to make mm-hmm. it through this. So, um, I, I totally get that. How many years have you been married? Um, 21. Wow. We were married oh. in 2000. So okay. yeah. that's yeah. how I remember. Right. That's I'm not your nice. proverbial woman. I don't remember my anniversary. I'm the one that forgets. Are you? Yeah. And he remembers. And he remembers. Oh. And there's lots of hurt feelings because <laughs> I don't rise to the occasion and bring him flowers, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Order him roses. Or, yeah. Take him know. out. But yeah, Get it's, been, it's, <laughs> it's been 21 years. We usually celebrate our anniversary at Culver's. I mean, we're real mm-hmm. ritzy folk and we try and live the high life there. So right, we right. get, we get our, our cheeseburgers and, and cheese curds. And did you try the curd burger? I didn't. It looked you disgusting. Didn't. Oh, that's just too much cheese. And there, I, well, I, no. Yeah. I, it was a lot of cheese. Yeah. But I heard that it was really great and I didn't have one. Um, I was here, but I heard they ran out like half an hour after they opened here in Baraboo. They did. So yes, that's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of cheese for a Friday. Lot of, a lot of cheese. Yeah. I would not have felt good after that sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're lactose intolerant, you want to stay away from yeah. national cheese curd yeah, day. Not a good idea. Oh, all right. Well, so our podcast theme song, um, is actually pretty much intertwined with your, marriage. So thank you for getting married. You're welcome. Um, You're so welcome. it's actually, the name of it is Jamie's song, right? I think so. Yeah, unless he changed Jamie, it. Yeah, no. So Steve Hackbarth, <laughs> um, is an amazing musician and I'm totally sucking up to him right now. He's phenomenal. Um, but he had a, there was a CD or there was something here at the church that I was just listening to instrumentals and trying to go through mm-hmm. opening and closing music for the podcast. And I was like, this this is it. This is it. And I looked at it. It was Jamie's song, but it was the way that you spell your name. And right. I'm like, oh. So um, just thanks. Thanks for getting married. I really it, appreciate it, that no because problem. I don't know what song I would have picked. It was <laughs> it was touch and go there. It was, you know, for a while. But um, I just thought that was so cool that he was able to make that. So what role did Steve play 
in your wedding? Was he... So Steve, um, well, Steve and Mary were the um, Sunday school teachers ah, um, yeah. okay. for the um, college age yeah. singles group. Um, and so that's where Nate and I really started getting close with them. And then I ended up working with Steve um, oh, for several years right. at his blacksmith shop. Mm-hmm. So by the time Nate and I got married, um, we asked Steve to write the song gotcha. for me to come down the aisle to. Um, and so that was my bridal, what is it? The processional, do they call it? Processional. And, um, then Steve was actually one of our groomsmen. Awesome. And, uh, Steve and Mary's children, Jacob and Anne were Mm -hmm. our ring bearer and flower girl. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah. And then Mary was my wedding coordinator. Wow. So she made sure everything ran ship shape. Yep. She She was good good at that. She did. Definitely good at that. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about tribes of women. Okay. Because um, it's always interesting to me how different women um, in whatever roles they're in, whether it's in a church or whether it's in like a school environment or a social environment, how they find their different tribes. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you first, do you have a tribe? Like, do you have a group of women that you would maybe not go super deep with, but you definitely, if you wanted to hang out with someone, you would be like, oh yeah, there's, I'm going to, I'm going to call them. They're my tribe that you get together and kind of. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of an anomaly when it comes to women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm an extrovert, so I'm not introverted. I don't, you know, choose to hide in my basement. That's the extreme version of introversion, by the way. Um, but I have never gravitated to lots of, a lot of women scare me there. Let's just say it. That's fair. A lot of women scare me. And and the more women you pack into a room, the more I get nervous. Sure. And it's typically because I'm sticking my foot in my mouth. And Mm. also a lot of my interests run very different than a lot of your stereotypical women. Womanly conversations, I yeah. suppose. Um, I have friends. Yes, mm-hmm. I have friends. <laughs> I know you do. So. I do have friends. So, so I, I can ask her that because I know she has friends. Yeah, <laughs> I do have friends. Um, but I find that I'm. I've always said that I'm an extrovert with a purpose. In other words, extroverts are usually associated with being kind of like the butterfly that flits here, there, in a, in a room in a social event. And typically, you'll see me hugging the wall in a social event, not because people scare me so much as if there's no point in talking, there's just no point in talking. Mm. So I like to have conversations that have are meaningful or have some sort of depth or purpose to sure. them. Um, and so, um, yeah, I've got I've got some tribe that are. Well, I don't know if I'd call them a tribe though. I, I have a few people. You have people. I I'm I'm an independent soul. Yes. Okay. Um. So on that note, knowing that there are so many different kinds of women, mm-hmm. and knowing that here at Walnut Hill, um, there's just a lot of little pockets. Yes. Of women. Yes. And it usually goes according to seasons of life that you're in. To be honest. Very often, yeah. Um, very often around here, you kind of have like the mops group. They mm-hmm. tend to gravitate towards each other. Um, you'll have Bible studies, and depending on the age groups and the studies, they'll gravitate towards each other. Um, I think a Silver Saints, a lot of those mm-hmm. women will, you know, kind of pull around each other. So, how do you have any advice 
to women listening that, um, and even if they don't go to Walnut Hill, like how do you, how do you, knowing that you want to have purpose in your conversations, how do you connect with other women? Do you let them come to you? Do you seek them out? What, Yeah, you know, it's difficult. And I think it, you know, some of it has to dependent on your personality too. Um, I, I'm somebody who will put out the feelers conversationally and if somebody grabs on Mm -hmm. and we start having a a really fun conversation, it's let's go. Um, and then there's other times where you're like, I'm not getting much back, so (laughs) that's okay. Um, I think women are, are tricky because we want to be welcomed, therefore we want to be approached, but then so many of us don't want to be approached, but then we'll talk about how we weren't welcomed. Ah, and yes. so it's like this vicious circle mm-hmm. of, I didn't feel very welcomed, but then I didn't put myself out there. Sure. Um, and so I try and put myself out there to a degree um, and connect with people. I think what I typically try and do is look at it not so much as what can I get out of these relationships, but what can I put into these relationships? Mm. Um, and not looking at it as something to fulfill my needs as a woman for social interaction or a tribe or a support group, but rather saying, you know, what, what does Nicole need from me? You know, how can I best support her? And so often when you're looking outside of yourself, and you're mm-hmm. looking at serving others, those relationships will grow organically. Mm-hmm. And um, once they do, then they start being reciprocated, and you find those little empty places inside filled by different people. You sure. know, this person may fill in this one little empty spot, while this person over here may fill another. And I think sometimes as women, we shortchange um, possibilities by thinking we need that one really good kindred spirit. I think Anne of Green Gables kind of like killed the women's friendship thing yeah. by this kindred spirit, which is great on paper and mm-hmm. in a book, but mm-hmm. very rarely are you going to find one person that's never going to let you down or is always going to understand your heart and soul. Right. So. Especially in different seasons. Yes. And through different trials. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. For sure. So I think, you know, being open to relationships and letting them um, filter through what they can best serve in, in how you serve others and how they serve you, Hmm. um, I think is important rather than going in with preconceived ideas and expectations. Those will typically always get dashed very quickly. Sure. Well, and even just thinking about our roles as women in the church, um, it's interesting that we look for some of our fulfillment in some of those friendships and mm-hmm. those relationships mm-hmm. when we know and we're we're taught the more involved we get that that really only can come from Christ and it you know, really is it, true. It really, it's it's but true. Sometimes you you kind of you hold on to the world and think, oh, if I was only friends with this person, right? And that happens at church too. I mean. Oh, or yeah. there's the popular kids, there's this group, there's that, right. you know, and, right. oh, if I could only get in with them, and then you get in with them and you realize, oh, I still have all of the same heartbreaks, and I still right. have all of the same, I'm still lonely, and right. yep. so, yeah, that's how you can, how you can fill others' cups um, is a good way to go about 
kind of finding your tribe and who you can speak into mm-hmm. in different seasons. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. Well, I want to definitely um, dig into your world of writing <laughs> because I feel like there's this little, not well, probably not little. I mean, I Googled you and there was tons <laughs> of stuff there. So it's not a little world, um, but it is definitely so interesting um, to me because... I have gotten to know you outside of that world. And Mm -hmm. so just even preparing to have you here, just looking at the different things and just, it's so interesting. So my biggest question is, when did you realize that this was one of your gifts and that you wanted to pour into other people by putting this, by writing and by, by doing this? Like, was that like a, hey, I'm... I'm five and I know I want to do this or was this, how, what, how did that happen? You know, I, I liked telling stories from a very young age. Okay. Um, I did start writing when I was 13. Mm. Um, and I've always been a voracious reader. I mean, I just read constantly. Um, and so words have always been a part of my life. It's been how I express myself. Mm. Um, Typically, if I'm facing something, like if I face a difficult conversation, Mm -hmm. it's far easier for me to write out what I would like to say. And sometimes I've done that where I've actually said, hey, can I just read you what I've written and then we can discuss it versus trying to, you know, mentally express it, um, verbally express it. But um, yeah, I I don't know that I ever saw myself doing it as a career. Mm -hmm. Um, I always thought it would be neat. But it's kind of like when, you know, you're shooting for the moon there a little bit. Um, so it's been a blessing to have it go in that direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. But, it, you know, it was kind of a hobby that turned into a, an opportunity that turned into another opportunity and has just slowly been taking me into this this writing world of publication and telling stories and sharing it. So, So how did you get connected with the Bethany House? I mean, how did you go from hobby to publishing house published uh, sure to published yeah. author um it's a long process and um honestly when i was uh 15 i sent a book to bethany house publishers oh um and it was the old school way where you send a sase you know yeah you want to get your book back send a self-addressed <laughs> stamped envelope and yeah. there's no such thing as email or anything like that and um, right. i had actually gotten a letter back from one of the editors there at the time saying that hey you know we liked your writing it's not ready which no it was not ready um and then I really you know I kept writing and then when I met Nate when we got married I didn't write for a long time um and then I started picking it up when um we were having some miscarriages and just going through some things in life I needed an outlet to escape Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. and um during that process, I had emailed, I did the whole fangirl thing where you have your favorite author or your favorite music star, whatever yeah. you send them in, you know, email and ooh, ooh. Right. So I slid into Colleen Coble's DMs, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, we had gone to, my husband and I had gone to Montana and I'd been reading um, a new author that was new to me, Colleen Coble. And um, she writes romantic suspense for the Christian market. And so I did the whole center of fangirl email. Well, she emailed back, which mm. surprised me. And we started having a little email conversation that really hit each, hit it off. And um, she encouraged me to attend a writer's conference that um, 
I ended up doing when I was six months pregnant. So I oh, went, wow. flew to Colorado, six months pregnant, didn't know anybody and you know, it was scary and took a bunch of workshops and, yeah. and really it's through networking and doing workshops that I, a few years later signed with an agent, mm. um, who then connected me up with Bethany house okay. publishers and, and we went that route. So, but wow. lots of networking. Wow. Well, that's, that's the name of the game. I think sometimes is, um, I think of old school, like before the internet and you're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you would, I think of people, even musicians that were trying to get discovered. I mean, you hear stories of, you know, I mailed out hundreds to, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone that I could and the one that, you know, came back to me. So that's cool. It's really cool. Okay. So I was going through all of the books that you have written and I was fangirling a bit myself because I was like, there's a lot more than I realize. Um, because I'll admit that I have not read any of them. Oh, that's so okay. please don't. No, don't. Uh, I won't quiz you on it then. Thanks. Yeah, no, yeah, no problem. Yeah, you're going to get no answers from me no, on that. Um, so, <laughs> but I feel like I need to say, I have a stack of books on my nightstand that I just can't get through. So oh. I figure. I'm anybody who's a book reader understands oh what a to be read pile is. Goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mine's so. like the size of a U-Haul. So that's <laughs> quite all right. It's interesting though. Cause <laughs> this past weekend I was like, Oh, I've heard that, um, that echoes among the stones is good. Or, Oh, I like the house on foster hill. Like maybe I should just grab them out of the library and read them super quick this weekend. And, and I was like, you're not going to read them this weekend. You're going <laughs> to get into them and then something's going to happen. Yep. So anyway, so yep. I counted. So your newest one is the souls of lost lake, right? right that comes and out in April, comes yes. out in April. Yes. So if you include that, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that right? Yeah, and I just turned in my eighth manuscript. And that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So you, so how does that work? So you have, are you like constantly working on the next one? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this. Yeah, typically I'm working, like right now I'm working on three books at the oh same time. Oh my goodness, Jamie. So The Souls of Lost Lake, mm-hmm. we're at what they call the galley edit stage where okay. um, my editor has it right now. I'll be getting it back probably in a week or two. And we'll do another read through and try and catch as many errors as possible. We're, we're fallible, so there will be errors in print, <laughs> but we try and catch right. as many as we can. Right. So I'm working on that one. I just sent in the manuscript for the next one, which comes out next fall. Wow. And then I'm in the process of writing the one that comes out in spring of 2023. Oh my goodness. So I kind of jump between books depending on what the deadlines are oh do you yeah and, and, and you know <laughs> I was gonna say how do you even organize that in your brain well it was tricky this last month because my um book that's due out next fall was due the first draft was due on October 15th and then I got what they call the line edits mm. for the souls of lost lake which is where you do a read through and you correct um as much as you can correct and sure. you know fix little things here maybe catch a plot hole there those were due October 12th mm. so i had wow i had some really long nights really imagine. long nights wow but we and did your, it. And you're homeschooling the kids, too. And yeah, for the so, first year ever. <laughs> first so. Year. so you totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm you've known got... for biting off really small chunks. 
<laughs> I can't even say anything because I do the same thing. Not to that extent, but there's... No, I, I don't yeah. think you can compare. I mean, everybody can look at their lives and go, why did I bite off this oh, much? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can't put it down now. I mean, I right, already right. said I was going to do it. Right. Um, so out of all of the things that you've written, and I think even, you know, just back in your life, do you have a favorite, something that you've written that you just... Say, yeah, I really. That's that's it. That, yeah, I mean, hmm. I I usually gravitate to the one book, um, the Curse of Misty Wayfair. Okay. Um, which has been called one of my creepier novels. <laughs> that's not that's, why I gravitate that's a toward nice it. Description, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know that one I dealt with a lot of um, personal. There was a lot of me that went into that book, and I think that's probably why mm. it's one that I relate more to. Sure. Um, but that book is very much around um, the concepts of anxiety and depression mm. and how the the church, the Christian world, the family of believers um, has addressed that over time. Sure. Um, so my novels are split time, which means half of them take place in the hist- in the historical mm-hmm. period and half of them take place in current. I did know that. Yeah. And so I think that's cool. Yeah. That book explores the concepts of, um, mental institutions mm. in the, in the, uh, turn of the century. Mm-hmm. And then also the modern day character struggles with extreme anxiety. And, um, that's something I've struggled with a lot. And so, just pouring into that and studying and researching not only um, the different avenues the world has taken to address those topics, but also Mm -hmm. the church. And then also what does the Lord specifically say about those topics in scripture and being able to wrap that into a fictional story um, is, it was, was a challenge, but it was neat because it was able, you know, I was able to write characters that um, I hope people could relate to and maybe Mm -hmm. find, some relief um, in their journeys that, hey, this isn't a solitary experience. I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, I hear often that authors will base characters on people in their lives. Mm-hmm. Do you do the same thing or do you tend to just take different character traits? And... I tend to take different character traits. Yeah. I try and be careful not to. Um, part of it is we live in a small community, yeah. so I don't want people going, oh, well, that's definitely Nicole <laughs> right. Jesse. Right. She's writing about Nicole. Um, <laughs> Which would be an awesome character, I'm sure. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I am planning my next book. Totally so stable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I'll take character traits. Okay. Um, and um, if I write about anybody specifically, it's usually myself because I, you know, it's safe. Right. I can't. I mean, I can get mad at myself, but. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, and you said that you use it as an outlet too, um, so I can see how that would be. I mean, it's not journaling, but right. it seems like it's more fun than journaling because you're able to I get that release. That well, and, and you're not scared if somebody else finds it and picks it up and reads it. Sure. You know, a journal is pretty private. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I probably have a few of those at home. I should probably make sure the older kids don't find <laughs> from some of their teenage adventures. Okay, all right. So now that we know a little more, now that I know a little more about <laughs> the books um, and the way that you write and just things things behind um, these books, I wanted to allow you to 
throw out a plug. (laughs) So um, basically, you know, after looking on the internet, you do have um, jamierightbooks.com. Right. Yeah. And is there an app? Do you have an app for that website? There was something about... Yeah, that website is is one that... <laughs> I was like, she has an app? What? Yeah, no, I didn't write an app. You okay. know, I'm right. not All that right. great, okay. no. <laughs> um, it's just the platform that I use for my okay. website offers it through an app. Um, okay. And so it's, it's basically mobile phone friendly. Gotcha. All right. Um, so if you are like me and haven't read any of these books or... <laughs> If you are part of the Jamie Wright, Jamie Joe Wright fan club, and you are listening to this, <laughs> is there such a thing? Yeah, I I, I'm sure there, I'm sure there <laughs> is. Trust me, I googled you. Oh boy. Um, I would say definitely hop on there. One thing that I found interesting about your website is mm-hmm. you had a playlist, yeah, um, of different songs. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that because I thought that that was just awesome. Yeah. So. I find, okay, so each one of my books has um, a theme to it, mm-hmm. um, and usually I define it by one word, um, whether it's hope or grace or faith, um, but it's something that the characters are, are striving for, because I, I, I don't want to be overtly preachy in my books, but I mm-hmm. do want people to be able to walk away going, hey, I learned something. Sure. Um, and so a lot of times those stories then are inspired by different music, um, and so I go on Spotify mm-hmm. and I build a playlist with the songs that inspire specific scenes or maybe um, speak for the whole book. Sure. And I'll put that playlist together with the title of the book. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you can kind of see where my musical preference was during the story. And sometimes okay. they're not all Christian songs. Sometimes they're, oh, yeah. you know, a romantic song by mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran because it fits the character yep. couple or... Um, one of the books I had the playlist from the movie Jane Eyre. It was all instrumental, but it was creepy and... You just know, really fit moody with it. and mm-hmm. haunting and it just kind of fit. So, um, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. Um, when you write, do you have to be by yourself in a certain environment? Do you listen to music? What, what's that? Wow. That sounds like a dream. Oh, by myself <laughs> in a quiet environment. <laughs> you know, I, I would like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, um, odds of that happening in my life are extremely small. So I, <laughs> I typically write anywhere and I write in small snippets of time. Okay. So even though I'm what they consider a full-time author, Mm -hmm. um, you know, life doesn't necessarily respect that. You're not sitting down nine to five. No, no, not sitting down nine to five. Realistic. (laughs) No. Right. So, um, I like to write in coffee shops. I like to have Mm. background noise. Um, I feed off the energy of people, not necessarily having conversations with them, but I like just being around people. Mm -hmm. If I'm by myself for too long, I start getting distracted by the silence. The silence gets very distracting oh, to me. Oh, yeah. Silence can be really loud yes. sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm home alone writing on those rare moments, I usually am writing with the television on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't typically write to music because then I find myself singing or <laughs> mm-hmm. listening to the words and then I'm lost <laughs> and I forgot I was writing or I start plagiarizing and the words go into my book and then I'm like, wait, I'm going to get sued. Let's delete those. So sure. I try to avoid, I, I'm like the playlists I'll listen up until I start sure. writing and then I turn the playlist off and, and I'll go from there. But I typically write in like 15 minute snippets here, 15 minute snippets there. Oh, um, that's cool. I'll do what they call sprints. Sure. Wow. That's awesome. All right. So now on to the really cool question that we ask everyone. <laughs> 
We're going to talk about coffee. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm done all with that. Right. Yes. Okay. So um, one thing that I like to ask everyone, everyone that's a guest on this podcast is think of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, okay. and everyone that's in it except Jesus, because okay. I feel like that's the Sunday school answer. Mm-hmm. Who would you have a coffee date with? Who would you go have coffee with out of everyone in the Bible? Who would you choose and... Wow. Where would you go and why? That's a loaded question. It is. Because that's hard to pick because there's so many. I know. That's why I ask it. Gosh. <laughs> I know. I know. You can't say Jesus. No. He's off limits. No. And, you know, wow. Women are going to understand why I don't have friends. <laughs> oh, because I can't wait for I this would, one. I would seriously probably want to have coffee with Jail. Really? Because she drove the spike into that dude's head. Hmm. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that she was a strong woman and mm-hmm. that she was chosen for that. But you don't know much about her. Right. But that takes a lot of gumption. And that was not pretty. No. And so I think there's a lot about her that would intrigue me. But I'd also like to see who she was and See if I could find out why God picked her. Right, the rest for of that the story. reason. What's her story? What sure. you know? What formed her? Was she even a, really a woman of faith? You know, God. Uh, you know, God chose her, but right. He worked through her. He but, worked through her, but that doesn't necessarily mean right. she was a follower of of God at the time. Maybe she was. Right. Um, I would love to just get to know her and understand her at that time and that culture, um, hmm. and the dichotomy of what was going on where she felt so brave as to put an end to things in a very violent way. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the violence that intrigues me. Although when, you know, you say I want to have coffee with jail who drove a tent peg (laughs) into a guy's head. Now you can see why I struggle with, with um, women's dinners. You said it. (laughs) You said it. Oh my goodness. So I feel like that, that is, um, that's definitely one of the most unique I'm just thinking back of the different answers. Sure. I, that hands down, Jamie, that is the most unique answer I've gotten. <laughs> I mean, granted, there's been like five of these things ever, but um, that is, that's, that's very interesting. Um, but, you know, it's funny that we see God work through so many people. Right. And we have the snippets. We have what's written in the Bible, but mm-hmm. we don't know a lot of anything but when certain people are only mentioned in a few sentences we right. you have no idea you really don't um and i think that's the that's the interesting part is that their names are mentioned god cares about names and mm-hmm. god invests so much i mean the old testament names you were given right. your name and it was specific right to your purpose right. um but just all of the people throughout history that gosh God used them, but where where did they end up? Did they well, end and I up? Love, I love the biblical characters that are not, this will probably sound bad, but they're not the stereotypical biblical character. Like, sure. I would look at Moses and say he's a stereotypical biblical mm-hmm. character. Yep. I mean, one, yep. he's very popular, too. Yep. You know, he has the struggle with faith. He overcomes the struggle with faith, and he goes on to do great things, um, and the Lord uses him, not to diminish that story at all Mm -hmm. but I love the ones that are really unique in that you're just like what why did God 
what? Like, that is not a normal human being. Mm -hmm. That's not like a normal role that you would expect somebody to take. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've always been attracted to jail or, um, you know, even if you study the prophet Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. he was so not normal. Mm -hmm. And some of the things he did was so off the wall. You're like, what, Mm -hmm. what? And I, I, I like looking at the, the psychology behind that, but I look, I like looking at the, um, the spiritual impact of it. And then I love questioning God going, so why did you do that? Because there would have been other ways to accomplish it. I mean, jail didn't have to put a tent peg right. through the guy's head. Right. There's other ways to kill a person, which right. we won't go into on this podcast. <laughs> no, thanks. But, thanks. Um, you know, why that? Mm-hmm. Why something so dramatic? Mm-hmm. And those are the questions I like to ask. And I don't necessarily get answers, but right. I just find it, I like that because it shows the creativity of God using things that aren't expected. Right. And when God uses things that aren't expected, the unexpected happens. Right. And that's the stuff that gets really fun in faith. Yep. And even just the, how it all fits into the meta narrative. I mean, seriously, how all these little intricate details and people, and it's just all this beautiful woven quilt of, of his, his purpose. So well, that's cool. Yeah, definitely haven't heard JL. That's... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, I think that is going to do it for us. Um, it was really fun to sit down and talk to yeah, you. Yeah, it was fun to I'm be here. I'm really glad that you were able <laughs> um, to come sit down. Sorry it took me so long. Oh, I think I right. told you back in August. That's and okay. it's, it's October now. Um, so again, just for our listeners, if you want to find out more about Jamie and her super sick writing skills <laughs> that are Googleable, um, you can head over to her website. And if you enjoyed this podcast and this episode, um, you can subscribe to Connecting Hearts. We are on bunch of different platforms. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Um, basically, just look it up on where you get your podcasts from, and we should be there. So this season of Connecting Hearts, um, we're going to be talking about a ton of stuff. We're going to be talking about topics, um, how women connect to each other, but we also want to tackle some things like um, prayer, singleness, um, being widowed or coming alongside widows, the idea of busyness now that we have all returned to a sprinting pace in our lives, um, the effect of social media and the internet, even if you don't have social media or the internet, um, parenting, anxiety, depression. We really just want to start conversations on these things this season. So you'll see us... um, pump out regular episodes. Can't promise you that they will be as regular as they should be, but just hang in there. We're going to have some great discussions. We're going to be calling on um, women from within the church. We're going to be calling on some women from outside the church. We may even call on a couple guys. I don't, I don't know if that's women's podcast. I asked my husband if he listened to any of these and he said, they're for women. Why would I listen to them? 
And I, that's a good answer. So now I know I can talk about him and he'll never know. So um, we may just not include men for that reason. Uh, so anyway, so Jamie, thank you for being here. Um, thank you everyone out there that's listening. And just remember um, what we focus on and what we dwell on is what we become. And so the best thing to focus on right now in this crazy world is your relationship with God and also your relationship with your family. And we just want to connect your hearts. So if you have any questions for us, if you're wanting to get connected, if you're having a hard time and you want to reach out for prayer, um, shoot us an email. You can find ways to connect with us on the web, or you can always call uh, Walnut Hill Bible Church, call the office. I will probably screen your call. Just kidding. Um, But if you leave a message for the main office, we'll definitely call you back. So we're here for you. Here's to season two, so we'll talk to you next time on Connecting Hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Connecting Hearts podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to pursue connections with others who love Jesus and remember the words in Matthew 6, verse 21. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Stay connected, friends.